0: In today's episode, we're asking the questions, what should I expect in a typical animation production workflow? What kind of feedback should we be giving at each stage? And should we skip out on our great jokes? Stay tuned and find out. (laughs)
1: hey there welcome back my name is will
0: and my name is Catherine,
1: and this is uh behind the pixel and open pixel podcast well, i feel like i've done this intro so many times i'm sick of it Already? I'm, I'm kidding right, episode three. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is where we bridge the gap between the people who are trying to buy creative content and those who make it what do you like to make do you have a do you have a hobby of making things
0: not yet. I really want to get into pottery. Okay. Uh, specifically, I want to try Raku firing
1: because that looks super cool.
0: <laughs> so what about you?
1: Uh, sleeping maybe? As a hobby? Yeah. Like I feel like there's like a, it could be like a world tournament champions of sleep. Ooh. Yeah. That'd be a great like reality TV show. It'd also be a great game like, show. Uh,
0: like side Olympics competition. <laughs>
1: who can sleep th- through the olympics longer
0: for sure uh, <laughs> but why don't we start by talking about a bit of business that we have yeah
1: just a quick quick reminder if you have a question a topic a thing you want us to cover on the podcast please go to openpixelstudios.com/pod question submit your questions there again it doesn't sign you up to anything it just tells us what you are thinking about um, and and what kinds of questions you might have another thing is i i just had a talk with uc denver nice um i talked to the students there i gave a little a little background on me on the company on i gave some advice it was a really neat conversation and so that's going to be another episode that drops Please listen, check a it bonus. out. Bonus. Bonus episode, super bonus. Nice. Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, we'll jump into today's topic at yeah. least cuz there's a lot to cover. So, we are talking about what an animation production workflow looks like and especially how to speak the language of animation, but just a little bit. Just a little bit. Uh-huh. Just a little bit. And I am in it it's
1: are you trying to spell animation? Oh, it, that's d- it doesn't
0: work. It doesn't <laughs> I see. All right. Well, that that fails. So before we go too far off track, I guess, uh, why don't we get into the problem?
1: Yes. Let's describe the problem. So on the marketing and communication side, the problem that is happening here might change based on what your relationship is to the content. So depending on how you're thinking about this. If you've never made an animated video before, so if you're in that position, you may not fully understand the workflow at all. And that could be intimidating. It could be something new to jump into is always, you know, kind of exciting, but also scary. If you've used animation before, you might've seen that different creatives have different approaches to some of the same stuff. They have different workflows that can be sort of frustrating or confusing, especially if you're working with multiple types of creatives. Because it's hard to know which one is the right way of doing something which could make it hard to sort of let go and just trust their workflow and one last problem might be that you aren't aware that other workflows exist you might just not be aware of it Um, so you're being guided through an approach that may be making the project actually more difficult to accomplish. Um, and there's got
0: to be a better way.
1: <laughs> there's got <laughs> So your project could be taking longer because your creatives are maybe skipping steps within the workflow because you're trying to hit a deadline. Maybe not knowing that some of those steps shouldn't be skipped, you know?
0: Ideally, yeah.
1: <laughs> do, you, uh, do you skip stuff? What do you mean? I don't know. Do you skip to my loo?
0: That's a that's a reference I haven't heard in a you long know, time.
1: You know, moms like you choose skip. Uh, <laughs> I'm a huge skipper. Wow. They call me Skip Tracy.
0: Skip Tracy. <laughs> okay.
1: Those are all my skip puns. All
0: right. Yeah. And I, I think at this point we should skip this joke. So. Ooh, nice. nice right, nice, right.
1: Nice. Uh, so what's the problem on the creative side?
0: Sure. Okay. So on the creative side, a couple things are happening. The first is that... Sometimes you might not have a client-side or client-facing presentation or an infrastructure on how you're going to deliver your deliverables. <laughs> or if you haven't broken your workflow down into steps or stages yet, uh, it can be very quick to feel pretty disorganized about the whole thing. Yeah. Um, so that's one frustration. Another problem is when you're working together on a creative team there might be some assumed definitions in that established workflow for a project. And what happens as a result is that it gets confusing between teammates if we have different ideas of that definition. So a great example is like the term asset. I might know what that means coming from a video game background. You might have a different definition from your visual I consider, effects background. I
1: consider some other things, assets that you don't. Yeah, like exactly. That. Yeah, yeah.
0: So that's a little confusing. On top of all of that, if you're going one step above, if you're a leader, on a creative team, you might expect different responsibilities from a specific role that's going to be different than what the creative is already anticipating that role to be. So you might not be on the same page with your own creatives. Uh, An example is like, one role at one studio might be completely different in terms of the responsibility, the expectation, the job description.
1: But they might share the same title, say. Right, right, exactly.
0: So what's happening as a result is that collectively we are making it harder for the people who buy that creative content to follow along with our different workflows, roles, responsibilities. Ultimately, both the terms and the roles within the project could use better definitions overall. A great example is like, what do you define as like an art tech? What is that?
1: Art tech? Art tech. That's a role?
0: It has been for me. That's
1: not like software, like artistic tech. <laughs> oh, that like I tech use for to, artists. Yeah. Like yeah. I don't know, Midjourney <laughs> is art tech. <laughs>
0: right. No, not exactly. Right? It, for me it meant like I was working a little bit sometimes in art and a little bit in tech. Sometimes I did in some tech. programming, ah, I did okay, some artistic okay. work, but it wasn't very clear all the time. Yeah. Uh So I think we need to get to a better place of clarity. So why don't we start by providing some definitions for folks so we can get on the same page?
1: Absolutely. Okay. So the first term we used just just now was workflow. And I want to make sure that we're all on the same page about what that means. Right. So some people might describe this as a process, a procedure. Some people like us, we describe it as a creative pipeline. In animation, there are certain steps or stages that must be sequentially completed. Mm -hmm. Um, If you do any of them out of sequence, you might run into some production problems. For sure.
0: Then within that as well, there's this idea, which we also think already mentioned, but there's steps, stages, or phases.
1: Phases. Uh, Yeah,
0: all of those can actually mean the same thing. It's ultimately one section or a part of the workflow overall. So when you put all of the sections together, you're creating your production workflow through steps, stages, or phases.
1: Yeah. Another term that we used a little while ago was deliverable or milestone, or some folks call it reviews. These are all documents, they could be files, they could be elements. They're really just presentations at specific stages of the workflow. So it's a a chance to get a peek at what's going on behind the scenes before you move forward. Typically, they're associated with a deadline and require your feedback, right? So it's at a point where we can't move forward unless we see something and we agree on what that something is. And right. then we can move forward. So that's deliverable, milestone, review, any one of those. Yeah,
0: it almost feels like when you're playing like an old arcade game and like you've you just lost at a certain particular point and a, like a pop-up box comes up and it's asking mm. you that, that question of like, you know, continue.
1: Yeah. So in The Last of Us, they were talking Mortal, Com- Mortal Kombat 2, I think mm-hmm. is what they're playing. Yeah. Hopefully no spoilers here. <laughs> um, but I remember once you die, you're like, continue right right and it's like a 10
0: and oh 9, and the stress of that 8, of like trying you drop 7, your quarters and you're 6, like oh no i gotta go 5, and you're frustratingly 4, <laughs> trying to put 3, the quarters back in two
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah, yeah
0: yeah oh you hate to see that <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah so, so, so to not give anybody any stress uh, yeah. why don't we start
1: let's assign some, some roles, roles. Yeah, yeah 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 what do you got
0: so i think today i will assume the role of the marketer
1: okay and i'll be the creative i yeah. guess
0: as always We're each giving our own point of view about this problem, sort of where it's coming from. So for me, depending on the project that we're working on, I'm basically looking to give my input, right? I'm trying to check in on the project and I'm trying to make sure that everything is on schedule according to our plan. Maybe that's a schedule that we set up together and we collaboratively collaborated on, you know, as one does. Or maybe that's something that you gave me. You set up the the schedule and the expectation. But overall, I'm really just trying to ensure that the outcomes of the work is meeting my expectations. And so a question comes up throughout that process. like, What is my role really? Am I serving as a boss in this case? Am I serving as like an, an equal partner? I'm not really sure how to define my role within the different types of projects that we're working on. So ultimately, I want to be able to give my input to you but I might not know how to collaborate on each of those steps or stages that are coming through. And every place I go to is showing me a different way of working through that workflow and how my input is going to be used is also different. So I'm kind of in this weird place where I feel like it's like it's like Groundhog Day. like yeah. it, I'm like in a movie where I keep entering Zoom calls with animation studios and freelancers and I'm like learning... I, I know what what happened already. Like I, I know some terms, but then you've changed up the terms for me and like the workflow's different. And I feel like I'm just going through this nightmare of like everything's different all the time. Got
1: never ending Zoom calls. That's a different yeah. nightmare. Zoom in fatigue and of is real. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, so that's what's happening for me. But what's happening on your
1: side? So on the creative side, because animation requires multiple steps. I'm usually presenting only one part, or one piece of that entire workflow at a time. And that that presentation might be a rough version that requires iterations before moving forward. And sometimes it's frustrating that clients really can't bridge that visual gap from seeing a rough draft of something to sort of imagining what the final version is, right? Mm -hmm. And so consequently, I might not be getting the right kind of feedback at each stage of the production that I need to sort of reach your strategic goals, mm. right? An example is I'm, I'm getting questions about say motion at the concept stage, or I'm getting script mm. changes at the point of animation, or I'm getting model changes after sort of a, a character design has already been approved. Like those are all places where I'm frustrated because there there might be a disconnect between what you're telling me and what I can actually do within the production right. uh, at that moment. So all that contributes to the same sort of feelings and and similar situations I need to clarify what I need from you at a very specific stage of the production and I want you to understand why I need that type of feedback and what type of feedback I need at that particular moment.
0: See, I feel like as a marketer I'm I'm also frustrated because I'm like why do I need your feedback? I want to know. You know what I mean? Like it's. it's like, wow. We, all right. As a quick side note, we like to like rewrite songs pretty often. <laughs> so.
1: weird, We're the Weird Al of today. Is of, what, he, is what like, you're saying.
0: No. Well, weird, weird Al is today still. I guess that's true. Yeah. He's still, I think it's more. He's still
1: pretty amazing. We love you, Weird Al. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 yeah.
0: Come help us write weird marketing animation. <laughs> what a, yeah, that's weird. <laughs> it's so niche.
1: <laughs> All right. Before you invite us to your next karaoke night. Please do. Um, let's talk about solutions. So what kind of provided solutions can we okay. can we give fair out fair
0: enough. So yeah, I think one of the main things is that on both sides, we each need to establish what our roles are going to be on a per project basis, right? This will change over time, depending on what project you're working on. But you need to decide what your levels of impact are going to be in that creative process. So for example, on the marketing side, like, am I a creative thought leader in this process? Maybe I'm, maybe I'm serving more as a creative director or a creative advisor. Those could be different things. Mm. Uh, Or maybe I'm just somebody that's going to approve yes or no, and then send it upstairs as we're calling it. Yeah. Yeah. put a stamp on it. Yeah, for sure. So, And especially on the marketing side here, a piece of advice we have is to ask the creatives that you hire for an explanation about their workflow. Sometimes they're going to tell you this through a Zoom call that you're on or just a regular phone call. They'll send you an infographic or a video. On the flip side of that, honestly, they might not actually give you any information at all, in which case I would consider that, a pretty big red flag. Big,
1: big red flag. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> but you want to think about how many people are going to need or want creative control of the content that's being made on your side.
1: Right. That could be more than one person. Yeah. Up, yeah. Usually upstairs too. It's
0: like, right. So that's kind of what's happening on marketing for sure.
1: On the creative side. So a solution might be to create a list of guiding feedback questions for your client at every stage. This is happening all up and down the industry where we're saying, this is the type of feedback we want at this point right now. <laughs> and it's, that's cool that people are doing that more. That way they know what to look for so that they can give you feedback. So, you know, you get what you need at that particular moment in time. And then the other part of it is just to define your workflow clearly and and sort of non-technically. I think that's a really mm-hmm. big, um, yeah, sometimes please. creatives <laughs> get into their mindset of like, we need to do it this way, create it like technically, but when you're presenting, it's a, it's a whole other ball game for who's, who's looking at it. In that case, you want to assume the client knows nothing about, your workflow. Right. <laughs> you're gonna hear this multiple yeah. times today. <laughs> um, so set the expectation for what the deliverable is. Here's what you're gonna see and here's what we need from you.
0: Right. Right. So naturally as you know, as we do, there's times where, you know, we we have a policy where we only send out our deliverables at I want to say like three o'clock in the morning and we have like, you know, two a, hours. a two hour turnaround time for that feed. Three AM,
1: two hour turnaround. <laughs>
0: Yeah. If you can get that back to me within by 5 a.m., that'd be great. Thank you. Yeah. Not a problem.
1: No (laughs) one does that here. Get out of here.
0: No, not at all. We're (laughs) asleep, so don't call us.
1: (laughs) So we've covered some very quick tips for you to put into practice, but, you know, and that's nice. I'm not saying quick tips aren't nice, but let's get into the most common workflow for animation and what you should expect to see at each step and what you should give feedback on at those steps. So we're gonna go a little bit deeper in here.
0: Yeah, let's explain to the best of our ability.
1: Yeah. (laughs) We'll give it our all. (laughs) Let's give it our best here.
0: Yeah, so uh, I will kick things off. Most creative places are separating their production into these three parts. The first is pre-production, the second is production, and the third is post-production. Now, these terms are, an attempt to draw lines between different types of work that happens within the production workflow. uh, And they typically include different stages or a certain amount of stages within each of those groups. Pre-production is kind of that act of creating all of the both static and written elements that are needed to actually start the animation production. So it's prior to even animating, right? And the act of when we actually go to animate the video, that would be typically listed under the production category. But once all of the animation is done, you might need to do some extra things. You might need to tweak things a little bit to finalize that look and feel of the video. And that falls into the category of post-production. So just to give you a semblance overall of what that looks like.
1: And the reason we don't split it up this way anymore is because we've realized that it's it's really a binary thing. You're either working on the project or you're not.
0: <laughs> At least for us, <laughs> yeah. It doesn't yeah. mean that one way is right or wrong, or but we do want to just acknowledge that the, those three steps are still usually very important to the production. A- and you
1: might hear those still from other places for right? sure. Yeah, so, yeah. But in post production, I think that's that's usually where you use most of your post-it notes. <sighs> Boy,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Yeah, maybe. <laughs>
1: right. Or you start to post more on social media,
0: right? Right, all of the above. Or you eat
1: more post cereal.
0: Oh wow! Okay, why don't you continue on in our workflow here?
1: Your cereal poster. (laughs) Yes. Um. (laughs) (laughs) So proud! So proud! I'm so proud. In any production, big or small, you're gonna most likely start once you're in production or in pre-production, you might start with a script and the script stage is where you figure out what to say and why you're saying it. Two big key components, right? If you're working on a project with characters, this is where you're going to develop these characters. Give them a voice as to what they sound like and what they say. Not necessarily just yet what they look like, at least in our production workflow. In our workflow, the script stage is also where we generate something called an AV script, and that comes with visual ideas. So an AV script stands for audio visual script, and we're writing those sort of two things at once. There are other types of scripts that we can get into. We're not gonna get into those here. We're gonna have a whole other episode on script writing and better ways to to write scripts for animation. But the best way to give feedback at this stage is to evaluate the tone of voice for the overall messaging. If you're working with brand guidelines as a marketer, you can think of your brand voice as the guide for what for what this is. Um, if you've never heard tone of voice, I don't think anyone listening should have. I mean, you as should a marketer, know what tone probably, of voice is <laughs> you right. You probably know what it means. Yeah. But so uh, the the key is you usually know what you want to say, and tone is how you say it. Right. So that's just the difference. For sure. um, the visual component of the script is where I think most marketers or communication people fall flat mm. um, and need the most help. Which is, by the way. Totally fine.
0: That's good. I feel reassured.
1: <laughs> you want to leave some space uh, for doing some creative exploration here. So you might want to bring in a creative at this point, give them a sense of what you're trying to do. Here's what I want to say. Here's how I want to say it. What do you think visually we should bring in at this moment?
0: Right. It sounds to me like the creative is trying to like guide those ideas like a, like a, like a shepherd almost. Yeah. You know? You're Going like guiding like-
1: those sheep to that shepherd's pie.
0: Oh, no. (laughs) We're
1: going to have minced lamb meat.
0: Shepherd's pie. That's silly, but I'm moving forward. We've talked about scripts, so the next stage of our workflow is concepts. Uh, This is really a visual preview of what the final video will look like. I want to make a key note there that it's a preview of what the final will look like. Some production companies may have what's called like a visual development stage, uh, or sometimes they call the stage style frames. It's not to say any of those terms are right or wrong.
1: Look dev um, is another term.
0: Yeah. It all kind of means the same thing. It's a, It's just a different approach to the same idea of showing that visual preview to the client. So some questions that you can think about when you're giving feedback at this stage are... Do the visuals stick within your brand guidelines or are they straying too far away for some reason? Um, or when you look at each element on the screen, is it accurately representing the intention behind the piece, right? There's, there's goals and then there's intentions. There's yeah. all sorts of things. You there. never
1: want your brand to be in tension with the piece.
0: Boy. We're, we're having a, a punny day here. <laughs> we're, we're a pun-based studio. I, think, I hope I mentioned that I think you have said already. that before, yeah. Yeah, I will say it again.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Once the look and feel is established, through the concepts, then we move on to something called storyboards. The storyboards are meant to depict the entire story from start to finish. How that is presented to you varies widely between uh, studios and project to project depending. So some will provide rough drawings that present the main story elements, Others, like ours, will present visuals following the format of the AV script. So in our workflow, the stage is the most critical for feedback. The <laughs> Rephrase stage. that again.
0: It is the In our workflow, <laughs> this stage
1: is the most critical for feedback. I feel feedback.
0: like there's like flashing lights going off or like sirens. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> it's, it's where you make any final changes to the design, the objects, the characters you see on screen. When static elements and characters are set up to move it can be very difficult and time-consuming to go back and make design changes. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. that's really the biggest issue is like, I've gone through this particular stage, I've gone through this process. Now, either I'm starting to animate and you wanna go back and change. Mm -hmm. And there are some tools and technologies that have been built around this exact problem (laughs) (laughs) Um, in different packages. Mm -hmm. So it's allowed some of that to be a little bit more flexible, but oftentimes um, Mm -hmm. that's the part that really creates that conflict okay. so make sure you have confidently established the style and the story and the direction at this moment in time before moving forward
0: right right now like if you are deciding for some reason to work on this in the middle of listening to this podcast we'll wait okay we're gonna, we're gonna take a few minutes gonna we're take gonna, your time? gonna yeah. take a little stretch grab yeah let me some, just uh leave you know, my clock here yeah yeah that's fair <laughs> All right. Glad to have you back. So once you have a script, you've got your concepts, you've got your storyboards done, everything's feeling really good. This is where the animation production actually comes into play. And what begins this production is actually sound, which maybe we weren't thinking about. But this stage can happen at different points, which is a little confusing, but it's because it depends on how much sound is incorporated into your project and how much it's the driver. As an example of this. You can think about it like if you're using a music-driven video as your main goal for the piece here, the music is ultimately what comes first before anything kicks off. And it's where you're generating ideas from, it's where you're creating the story around, and it's what you're writing the script for to figure out the timing for the music. But if you're doing something like a narration-driven video, that especially that requires hiring voiceover artists for... We believe that the dialogue should be recorded right in between that storyboard stage that we're talking about and the animation stage that we haven't talked about yet, so that animators have the dialogue to work with when they're starting to animate, right? Really important. And what happens at this stage as well is sometimes right before you go into animation, well, a studio will end up recording what's called a scratch trek. That I
1: can't could be better.) <laughs>
0: It, I think it's better than mine, because mine would be like you know, like Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we gotta work on that. But I wanted to acknowledge it's either a scratch track or temporary audio. Right. So yeah, tell us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah. So scratch tracks are temporary recordings that provide a sense of timing and pacing of an animated video. We find working with scratch tracks are are valuable, but only really up to a certain point. You know, when you're working with scratch tracks, oftentimes The final audio is brought into the animation much later, which means that you might also need to retime the animation. Yeah. Because of that change. Yeah. Giving feedback for sound can vary widely. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And it's a crucial element for moving a story forward. But Giving the proper feedback sometimes is actually very difficult, and, and it's also depending on what you're looking for. It's so subjective. And so we're going to try to get someone on that will talk about giving feedback for sound because um, sure. we know some sound folks. If you're having trouble giving feedback with sound, one of the things that we try to say is like try removing any personal opinions around what you believe good sound and bad sound sounds like (laughs) right (laughs) your personal preference obviously are going to be in there but try to stick to what they call the technical aspects of the sound you know focusing on certain instruments or certain key notes or certain areas of of the piece if it's voiceover feedback if you're working with people speaking try asking for different cadences of the same lines so if i said something like this or if i said something like this Mm -hmm. i'm not Working on my VO career here. Yeah, I was
0: gonna say um, side VO career. There,
1: there's so much to consider. We're gonna try to get someone on to talk about that. That's a whole other bag of worms there that yeah. we don't want to open too much.
0: Right, and so sometimes this causes a situation where you can also add this substage that comes about, which we haven't talked about yet. A bonus stage. Unlocked. There you go. Yeah. It's an additional stage. It usually happens within pre-production and it's called an animatic. You might've heard the term before, but if not, we'll just explain it briefly. Uh, But an animatic takes the storyboard, those single images, those frames or panels, and times them out to an audio file, which is typically where this scratch track comes in. And we typically see this in more long-form productions, and usually they have like entertainment as the focus of the project, as opposed to what we talked about before, like education and selling, or the combo. So yeah, I, I want to acknowledge that an animatic comes into play here.
1: Yeah, I don't think we're we're not sound people as much as I.
0: Hold on, how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> do you know? Do you know that I was in the marching band?
1: Oh, oh wow! Yes, and okay. jazz
0: band and. I think that was it. I think those are all. Two (laughs) bands. But I played the alto sax for 13 years. I know something about
1: sound. Okay. Something. You can read music.
0: Yeah. I can. I can. I can't read music. Shout out to all the fellow bandos out there. My dad is
1: so disappointed that I can't read like, (laughs) play an instrument. He's very disappointed.
0: You'll get there. That's okay. You got plenty of time.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So once the sound is in, to some capacity, whether temp or, you know, final, Now we can go and move on into animation. So in animation, (laughs) there are only a few stages that you might come across um, that matter to the person who is giving feedback. And these stages for us fall into sort of two categories. The one category is sort of rough animation. And then the other category is final animation. In rough animation stages, you're typically looking at something that looks very bland, Mm -hmm. Uh, sometimes with very little color, maybe it looks pretty terrible honestly and that <laughs> should true. be expected i think that's important that should be expected that it looks really bad and it's because we're looking to rough things in you know put things in place so that we get a more a sense of it but not the final sense of it you know what right, i mean right. you know there there are some awful expectations in there so just like you need to chisel away at a rock to get to a final form like a sculptor right you are kind of chipping away at that final thing Animators need to put in some rough positions, they need to put in some rough placing, rough something, and then they'll go over it with a fine-tooth comb. So one thing to remember about animation is, is that it's an iterative medium. It right. requires more passes than just one pass. The first version is not going to be the best version.
0: That right? is the truth. <laughs> yeah.
1: So this is where most, I think, marketer, strategy people, communications folks, business people, they get the most anxious. This is where like that anxiety just drives up because it's not usually what you expect. Right. Right.
0: I don't get what I'm looking at.
1: Yeah. So you as, as that person, you want to see the final as soon as possible, but that usually isn't the way it goes because we want your input before we move forward. Right. If I show you something rough, is this roughly the path we should take or should we go, in a different direction. Mm -hmm. So it's like not too many eggs in that basket. Let's change the basket. Let's look at this basket. (laughs) That's not a good analogy. Oh, it's fine. Feeling like a basket case over here.
0: Boy. All right. Wow. We're just, we're just throwing them in now.
1: (laughs) So some terms within the, the, the rough animation stages that may include something called previs. I think we talked about that. That stands for previsualization pre-visualization, it's visualizing scenes before you actually shoot, usually this is a live action term, but uh, before you shoot the film or do the actual production shooting, you want to pre-vis it out. Um, Another term you might hear, layout. Basically, it's the same idea, roughing those positions, but for animation. When you see the layout of the animation, you're going to see the pre-vis of the animation, same idea. In layout, the type of animation that you're looking at is called blocking. Right. So you put those blocks in there and that's rough animation pass for the animation, rough positions.
0: Right, usually when it involves characters.
1: And then something that we do here is called a motion test. A motion test is final motion for a very small sliver of the project. That way you get a sense of maybe it's a very important piece that needs to be thought out more.
0: Right, it'll basically guide and inform the rest of the motion for your entire piece.
1: <laughs> that's that's a motion test. So final animation, final motion. Feedback at rough animation stages is super specific to the project. But broadly speaking, the best advice we can give you would be to ask the production studio or ask the person you're working with To clarify what they need, what kind of feedback are you looking for if you're in that position?
0: I need your thoughts, your ideas, your boots, and your motorcycle.
1: Is that an Arnold impression? It is. (laughs)
0: Is (laughs) It's It's not not, bad. It's It's not not my best. best. It's It's not not my best.
1: You need to get to the chopper. Okay,
0: good. I'm glad. I'm glad that came through. All of the marketing
1: terms are in the chopper. (laughs)
0: We got to work on our impressions. We'll get there one day. All right. Uh, Yeah. So I will, I'll talk a little bit about final animation stages here because those usually include a lot of internal stages on on the creative side that we won't get into here, but we'll visit them at a later point. But usually what's happening is that the, the studio is presenting something that you can easily digest to get a better sense of what the final piece will ultimately look like. So at our studio, the motion stage, as we call it, not necessarily the animation stage, it's where we expect to drive most of the creative direction for what we think looks good. And that's because of all the stages that we've done before that were based on your inputs, which means we get to go in there and we get to do our thing within the limitations that you've set already, uh, which is super helpful. So the animation stage is really all about representing the culmination of the planning and all the work that was done prior, right? The 80% of the work goes into planning. Uh, and now it's all working together. So it's a it's a beautiful harmony of the result of all these stages. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so feedback at this final stage, I, I want to acknowledge here as well, another critical moment. It is the most dangerous place to give feedback. I want to say that again. At the animation stage, it is the most dangerous place to give feedback as a marketer. It's because as we've already talked about, all the stages are linked together sequentially. And usually as a result, if you're changing a design later on at, these, at this final stage, you might end up needing to backtrack and double your work because now you have to go back through all the stages again to get to the point of animation. Yeah. And that ultimately is gonna decrease your ROI on your project, which nobody wants to see. Uh, We cannot say this enough. We need as a collective unit to stop saying, let's fix this in post. (laughs) It cannot happen anymore. Please stop saying, let's fix it in post. Yeah,
1: just eat more post cereal or-
0: You're going back to post cereal. (laughs) Sure, sure.
1: Speaking of post, Mm -hmm. the post-production stage starts once all those stages are done. So once animation is done, then you go into post usually. This is typically where things get refined a bit. This can include sound effects. It can include color grading, which is basically fixing and finalizing the color across your piece. You can also have an effects pass, which may include some visual effects elements VFX, visual effects. Those are things like smoke, water, buildings tumbling down. I mean, VFX gets really crazy. Mm -hmm. We're not going to get too much into that here, but it depends on what you're doing. We're probably going to have someone come in and talk about post-processes, post-production feedback. The feedback in post-production in our case is almost non-existent because we, in our workflow, we have motion encompass all kinds of motion, including VFX motion. So we don't split that, but... We'll try to get someone on to talk about post-production feedback and and tell you guys about what what that looks like.
0: Yeah, for sure. And so, okay, with all of that, that's about it for today. (laughs) We know that that was kind of long and... and sort of heavy in terms of the content that we're providing Um, but we honestly don't expect you to take away every single thing from this you don't have to memorize everything if you do take away anything at all it should be to understand that the production workflow is pretty complex and a lot goes into it but if you keep an open mind about it and you get you have a good sense of your imagination throughout the process. You gotta
1: work on that. Yeah, M- More imagination. You yeah, gotta, you gotta start creative, imagining. Right? Yeah.
0: You will feel very well equipped to jump into an animated project. So that's what we want to empower you with.
1: Yeah. Here's the tease for the next episode. Sure. I love saying that now. I know. I love s- teasing it. In the next episode, we're gonna cover the most important terms that you'll need to follow along in that workflow conversation right we're talking stay lots of us. terms lots mm-hmm. of terms lots of words
0: yeah but in the meantime a big big thank you to e-media for producing this podcast as always our producer is jackson foot and our music was created by hidden and licensed through premiumbeat.com nice. yeah until next time stay honest stay creative stay open see you in the next episode thanks and so much for listening audio listeners stick around for a bad idea Your listeners, <laughs> welcome to the bad it's idea. That, it's that classic sigh of yep. "Here we go, talking about our our stupid <laughs> stuff." <laughs> so, going back to what we were talking about with Weird Al, we have an idea sometimes creating new versions of the same songs, right? We want to change up the lyrics for it for whatever reason. We're big
1: fans of Weird Al.
0: We're big fans, yeah. And so, we had an idea once that was it's a long time a co- ago. Yeah, a collaboration between Weird Al. And the weekend. Yeah. Okay. I'm
1: not sure if Weird Al has done a weekend song yet. Right. But I think he should.
0: Yeah. But the goal, or the you know, the CTA, as as one would call it in the situation, uh, was to attempt an increase of voter turnout.
1: Right. Right. L- right.
0: Because those two, those three things all go together. <laughs>
1: I think we were thinking about this during the election. We were. When we were when Biden and Trump were running. Yes. Um, yeah. 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 yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, so we decided to replace the words in the weekend song. A lonely night and it would become instead election night yeah. which is very good yeah. so we have here i don't know where you're gonna I need do my the rendition phone. yeah well i have the youtube link hold on
1: w- what are you what are you doing oh here. my god
0: <laughs> this is good this is good just just feel out if you don't know this song by the way it's a good song
1: i mean right? I, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people na, know this na, song
0: na, 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 na. Right? Oof. yeah who will you vote for this election season? There's so many reasons. Oh, well. <laughs> Why won't you want to use your vote to keep us, to keep us together? Oh, well. I just want to rock the vote. I just want to rock the vote. You can vote with your mother or vote with your brother. <laughs> election night. Baby girl, I voted on election night. Oh, it's not the only time. Just mail your ballot once you register online.
1: <laughs> wow!
0: This is why we are not—we not are not the weekend singers. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I, that's
1: amazing. I, no, that's amazing. I <laughs> applaud you for the effort.
0: I tried. You know, an effort was made. So I think uh, I tried to
1: back you up. I'm not a good backup singer.
0: That's next time. We we have we have many of these songs. We have them from Bruno Mars to uh, I know.
1: <laughs> I audience. We gonna...
0: <laughs> if you want to do a better version of that we same song, apologize
1: for, us, for that.
0: <laughs> no nonsense.
1: <laughs> if you're a creative. Please illustrate that. I don't. I don't know what. Maybe for the next next election, we'll do something creative around this this dumb song because right, I, right. I think that might be funny. <laughs> I
0: need some auto tune. If you have any good auto tune uh, recommendations, we'll happily take it because clearly somebody needs it.
1: Thank you for listening. <laughs> we will catch you in the next episode. Sounds good. See ya. See ya. That was. I can't believe how catchy that was. Yeah! That was great. I'm impressed, to say the least. Uh.